Welcome to Keep the Ball Rolling, presented by Tommy Media. On today's show, we update you on how our spring sports seasons are wrapping up. We bring in men's golf head coach Scott Proshek and player Matt Radke to talk about their upcoming trip to nationals. And we recap the NFL draft, among other national sports topics. to another episode of Keep the Ball Rolling, episode five. Five. That's a lot of episodes. Yeah. But we not had, really. It kind of went fast. Yeah. Well, we had a three-week, was that two-week break here? Yeah. We missed an that episode. was too long of a break. Yeah. We're back done. now. So we'll have we're a lot back. to cover today, uh, missing two full weeks. Um, we're going to update update our uh, listeners on the uh, St. Thomas Spring Sports. Then we're going to go into um interview with uh, the golf men's golf team. And followed up with some uh, more national sports news. Sounds good to me. Yep. All right. So um, the Tommy Twilight Women's Track and Field. That's an interesting name. That is. I wonder how they came up with that. It wasn't at night, was it? It was. That. Well, it was last Wednesday night. So oh, so maybe that's why. Maybe it was Twilight. Twilight. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. I think I saw him warming up for it, um, walking past. But I was not there. I wasn't either. But I read an article about yeah. it. Yeah. And. It looks like they did really well. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a bunch of season best performances. Um, yep, they won a lot of events. Yes, and a ton placed of events. in almost all of them. Um, individually, uh, Katie Marciniak, she had three top two finishes, including winning the 100-meter dash, which is impressive. I can't run that fast. I can't run that fast either. She ran it in 12.65 seconds. And then her prelims was 12.55, which is Better. really fast. Yeah. And she took third in the 200-meter dash. And um, those are best uh, season best for her. Do you know what teams compete in this? Is it just Mayak? I think it was just the Mayak teams. Yeah. Yep. And then Minnesota too, right? Yes. Yes, they did. But is that like is it their JV team? Or I is, think so. Yeah, it's not okay. their. Um, I'd, I'd saying I was saying their scholarship athletes. Yeah, because that would be not fair for Division One athletes. Absolutely not. Yeah. Um, but we're also hosting the conference meet this weekend. So yes, that's we are. Friday and Saturday, I believe. Yeah. I'm gonna go um, to that. Yeah, we are. Uh, also, there's I think there's a track meet on Wednesday too here. Here, okay. Yeah, because um, football's getting kicked off. Ooh. Um, but yeah, uh, the women did really well. They also won the four by one hundred relay, forty nine oh three. Racers there were Delaney McLoin, uh, Anna Smith, Marciniak again, and Claire Shell. Marciniak really is a star, isn't she? She's all over <laughs> the place. Be. Um. And then they took second in the four by four hundred relay to Minnesota, which isn't you know that's University of Minnesota. That's definitely so not something. Division one athletes. In yeah, that sense. that's still really good. That's yeah. So that's that's good. Um, and then the men's Eric Holst is still a stud. Yep, he's um, now ranked sixth nationally. In the hammer throw. Yep, in the hammer wow. throw. That's really good. Uh, he's been making news all season, um, in indoor and outdoor. Mm-hmm. He won the national, national title in, in indoor. Indoor. Yep. Yep. And uh, he looks like he's well in his way contention this year in the hammer throw. Um, yeah, he's a stud. And then uh, Connor White, he led the Tommies in long jump. And he's tied for 37th nationally, which is pretty that's good. That's pretty good. Top and 50. same with um, Jake Kelly is tied for 34th nationally. Yeah, tied for 34th nationally. And the he high won jump. the high jump. Yeah. So yeah. These guys the are field all, events are really good. They're all more athletic than me, <laughs> by the way. Pretty much. 
Um, I don't think I could ever. If do you think you could run track? You did run. Did you I run did run track, track in track? high school. I did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I could. I know I couldn't actually. But I, I think I'd throw. I think I could. I just don't know how good I would yeah. be. <laughs> it's been a while. Throwing's for the more non-running bodies, and that's. So you could do that. Yeah, I could do that. Okay, I could good. throw. I could throw disc. <laughs> you should try it. Yeah. Well, the softball. Um, they had a really good season. Still having a really good season. Yeah, they're still playing. Um, they won the Mayak regular season. Mm-hmm. They're ranked number four nationally, and they just won the Mayak playoffs. Uh, they went three and zero in the games this and did not allow a run. That's crazy. That's actually really nuts. Um, they won. They defeated Hamline in the championship. Three to zero. Uh, no, one to zero. One to zero in the championship. But they played they, them before. They played that. them before three to zero. Yep. I'm not sure how the format works, um, but they beat. St. Olaf one to zero, then Hamlin three three to zero, and then, then Hamlin played, again one to zero. Yeah, the championship game was the longest game in the sixteen year history yeah. of the conference. Eleven game. innings. That's a lot. And softball only goes uh, seven, seven innings, mm-hmm. so that's that's four extra innings. Um, that's a ton. Mm-hmm. And they won on a suicide squeeze. And if you don't if you don't know what that is, that's when a runner's on third, yep. and the batter bunts it, and you steal third. So yeah, that's like Sam Burling bunted it, yep. and then someone came in, they scored, and I saw the celebration. It looked. Yeah, I, I saw time. videos too. That's um, that's a super gutsy way to win <laughs> that, a, ch- yeah. a Mayak championship. Exactly. With a runner on third to bunt it and steal home, that's uh, that's really cool. That's probably one of the coolest ways to win. Mm-hmm. And the fact that they have, I mean, the pitching, the zero runs in in three games is is really really good. Yeah, Kirsten Anderson Glass has just been a really phenomenal pitcher for them this year. After she missed the past two seasons recovering from a concussion, and now she's back and she. Won Division Three National Pitcher of the Week a couple weeks ago. She's won Mayak Player. She's thrown so many games and yeah. shut out people. So she's yeah, really good. And um, really, really could have used her the last two years. But mm-hmm. the thing about softball is that it's not the same in baseball where you throw your arm out overhand. Yeah, they're throwing it underhand so they can pitch every day and be okay. Yeah, because their arms don't get tired. So when you have such a dominant pitcher like Kirsten. That benefits you a lot because she can go out there every day and dominate every day. Rather than in baseball, if you got like um, like a Clayton Kershaw for the Dodgers, he can't pitch every day. He's got to yep. pitch every fifth day because or fifth game because throwing overhand is such more strenuous on the shoulder and whatnot. Coach um, uh, Cheetah's team has won twenty three out of the twenty four last games, so they're hot. They're hot right now, and they're they're going to be hosting the tournament this weekend, uh, the region. The four-team region, which is starting Thursday here, and the Tommies will be playing Northwestern St. Paul on Thursday at 4:30. And they're the number one seed. Correct. Yeah, that makes they're sense. They're 30. Tommies are 38 and five. In Northwestern St. Paul is 27 and 15. Okay, so yeah, they'll have a probably a really good chance of getting out of mm-hmm. that. Um, and the other two teams region. in it. Are Eau Claire, who are twenty six, eleven and one, and Warburg is twenty six and eleven. Yeah, I think so. I like. I think we like our chances there, especially since we've won so many games consecutively. Mm-hmm. Yep. Funny enough, I actually covered the one loss. Really. In the last twenty three, twenty four. So. You're bad luck. Yeah, I am bad <laughs> luck. Um, I haven't covered them this year, but I had them on the locker room last week. So sure. I've been following them. Sure. Yeah. Um, the baseball team is on the polar spectrum of the softball, <laughs> and when we were doing our spring preview, we talked about how the we're looking, you know, both of their seasons were looking up. Mm-hmm. They had a lot of potential, both of them. Yep. Um, softball came through. They pulled through and had a really good season and continue to have a good season. Baseball, not so much. Um, 19 and 16 overall is not horrible. 11 and 9 in the Mayak, not horrible. Um, 
but still not what mm-hmm. they need or wanted or expected, I should say. Because they went on a little bit of a losing streak. I think it was two weeks ago yeah. where they just lost consecutive games, which really that's what kind of hurt them. And yeah. then they were eliminated from the Mayak playoff contention. So they Yeah, really- uh, they, they secured a winning season, but that's not um, that's probably not what they wanted or expected for the season. Um, and their season's pretty much done at this point. I think their last games were yesterday. Last games versus mm-hmm. Warburg. Um, yeah. They won't make the playoffs, so baseball's done, unfortunately. Always next, year. always next year. We can't be good at everything. <laughs> no. I mean, they're really good. We but. can expect to, but we also play in the MIAC, which obviously is a really, really uh, tough, tough conference. Yeah, it's exactly. been s- stressed in this uh, in this podcast. <laughs> in tennis, we have a little more of the same between uh, one uh, gender doing better than the other. Mm-hmm. and uh, Women's tennis is... Um, they're better than the men's. Uh, they just um, they finished their season twelve and five, and they lost to Carlton, who's nationally ranked. So there's nothing. Carlton's like a tennis powerhouse. I did not sure, know that for both men's and women's. Exactly, because that's who their toughest competition is. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure that for both of them, I'm pretty sure that they're just really, really good at tennis. Mm-hmm. This is what Carlton excels at. Um, Carlton won the Mayax uh, championship. That was um, a couple weekends ago. A couple think. weekends yep. ago, they beat. Uh, St. Thomas seventy two. Well, again, we we were had a little hiatus, so we have to cover all these. We don't a lot of catch stuff. Catch people happening. up on this. Yeah, yeah. And, and then, then the men's, men's team, yeah, not as good. Eight and eight. Um, and they closed with two losses. Um, they fell to McAllister and Gustavus. So, once again, the women's doing a lot better than the men's in tennis. Then we have women's and men's golf. We'll start with women's because we're going to be bringing in men's golf soon. Yeah, we won't talk too much about the men's golf, I don't think, because we'll have we'll have them on uh, on this show. Um, the uh, Tommy's women's golf closed its 2018-19 season with a seventh place finish um, at the 18 Carlton invite, so not very good. Um, Elena Tetzloff tied for 22nd in the field of 54. She shot at 87. Yeah, I think so. Their spring seasons wrapped up on yeah yeah yep um all, once again all these seasons were kind of not necessarily cut short but they're shorter than the fall seasons exactly. because of the weather issues they're like a literally a month long i think yeah that i mean we'll talk about lacrosse in a little bit here but they played uh, 12 games mm-hmm. because they can't they're not able to get outside like like the fall schools are exactly um men's golf they're yeah. ranked number 24 in the country Headed to Nationals. Headed to Nationals. We're going to talk about that a lot more later on the show. Um, May 14th to the 17th, NCAA Championships in Kentucky. That's going to be really fun. Yeah, this will be the sixth time in eight years that St. Thomas will send a team to yeah. the National Championships. That's pretty so. good. They're, uh, they're definitely uh, a powerhouse in the, in the golfing world, especially in Minnesota. For sure. Um, I'm excited to talk to them about it. Yeah, that's going to be cool. We won't talk about too much about that because we're going to have them on. And then men's uh, lacrosse. They're playing at Nationals right now. Yes, so so they beat yesterday. We're recording this on Tuesday. So yesterday was Monday. They beat uh, University of California, San Diego, 17-3. to And they play St. John's, Oh, I think, tomorrow. Tomorrow, tomorrow. Okay, yep. So they play St. John's tomorrow, which is going to be cool. They beat St. John's twice this year. And – Something special about our lacrosse team is they're actually Division Two, mm-hmm. so they play against teams like um, North Dakota State, uh, Minnesota Duluth. Um, pretty sure that's University of California San Diego is Division yep. Two too. So they play against these um, tougher opponents. Tougher opponents. Mm-hmm. So they have to they have to recruit 
uh, a little differently because yep. they have to play against these better teams. But they play St. John's um, tomorrow, which is exciting, especially playing a, a conference rival, especially as bitter as one as St. John's. <laughs> In the second round of the play- national tournament, really cool. Um, then women's lacrosse, they're headed tomorrow to nationals, which is out in Virginia. And they're going into the tournament with a 12-game win streak. They haven't lost yet. They're undefeated. So, yeah, that's really cool. They have, literally have not lost this season. Um, hopefully they can keep that up in the tournament. I'm sure they're not, number one overall seed if they're 12-0. And, 0. and think... it's their fifth straight appearance at nationals. They haven't won, but okay. they're well on their way. Sure. And talking to some of the players that I wrote a story on, they think this is their year. So I hope it is. Are they Division Two too, or are they Division Three? I we don't know. I'm not sure. Maybe that works differently. I wonder if they're the same as the boys. I'm not sure. That's a good question. Yeah. Yeah. So they're headed to Virginia this week, and tournament. they play on the ninth, I believe. All right. And they're going to face Navy, I believe. Yep. Ooh, that's cool. That is cool. So, so. hopefully, we'll have two lacrosse championships. That'd brung, be that'd be amazing. Those being are brought home. It's interesting because they're clubs; they're not considered teams. Teams, sure. But, but like, I would consider them a team. Yeah, because I mean, we see they just have to pay to play, which is unfortunate. Yeah, it is. But I mean, it, quote unquote clubs because they're playing against these teams these, that pay their players. Exactly. So they they have the same talent level. Yep. Um, it's just that they were not technically a sport. Maybe we. I wonder why the reason that is. That's that's peculiar. I feel like, I'd say. Yeah, lacrosse is something that's becoming more and more popular, and it has. To oh yeah build its way up into the Midwest, especially. Sure. Lacrosse is really, really on the uprise. Remember when I was younger coming up, I'd never, like, never played lacrosse. I never heard of it. um, But then, like, once I started getting into, like, seventh and eighth grade, all of a sudden all my teammates from football started joining, and they started recruiting me. I'm like, I don't really want to play, but it Mm -hmm. got huge. It exploded for a while. I'm I'm sure it still is. Yeah. Um, Maybe we can add them. I, I'm not even sure if there's like a Division Three league for lacrosse. That's probably what the that's probably the what problem the problem is. is. Yeah, because there is because they have to play in the like MCLA and different conferences that aren't. Yeah, they play like they play like in Missouri. They play in Missouri State. They play mm-hmm. Montana State, and it's just um, it's difficult. But they're they're good. But they're good. Our teams yeah. are good. Yeah. So hopefully we'll uh, next time we're on the show we'll have a couple national championships. National championships. Some yeah. good news. Hopefully. Um, from softball, lacrosse, and track and field. Today we welcome onto the show men's golf coach Scott Proshek and player Matt Radke. Thanks for joining us today, guys. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. So you guys are headed to nationals this weekend. That's exciting. Uh, it is exciting. Um, it's getting to be a regular thing, but never, uh, uh, never take it for granted. So we're very happy to be there and have a great opportunity to uh, do some. Coach, so the last time your team, well, your team has made it to nationals quite often, but your best finish was a fifth place finish in May of 2016. Obviously, each team is unique, but how do you think this year's team compares to that fifth place finish team? Oh boy, that's uh, that's a setup question if I've ever heard one. That uh, <laughs> each year is in fact different. Um, you just never know going into uh, an event. Sometimes you think you got a really good team that's going to score very well, but uh, I'd have to say this year's team has got the potential to shoot really well, and uh, we're going to see if we can put it all together. Cool. Uh, what are some things that you guys are looking forward to when it comes to the national tournament in terms of the experience of going down there, playing? 
Uh, well, uh, the experience is happened probably 10 years ago on our very first time going sure. down there to just learn, can we compete? Yeah. Can we compete with the top teams in the nation? And I think at that time, uh, we knew we could, but the guys needed to trust that. And, that, of course, those guys have graduated and, and moved on. But every year they have looked at that. And uh, we as coaches and, uh, and Matt uh, being a senior captain has experienced uh, that feeling also. And it doesn't take very long for them to get over that feeling like, do you really belong? Uh, what about that experience? Hey, maybe you haven't been here, but played against some top teams. And Matt sure. Matthew has uh, played uh, against some of the top teams in the nation also, so he understands. So obviously having all that experience is definitely, would you think, would you say it was a leg up on some other teams that are down there that maybe it's their first couple times playing in the tournament? Uh, not, not necessarily so. There's sure. an awful lot of teams that are, I mean, they start with 42 teams and they cut after two days down to 18 teams. Okay. So... Predominantly, those 18 teams are pretty close to the same year yeah. in and year out. So, no, it's just more a matter of, hey, go on down there and, and play your best. Sure. And I think it'd even go, um, because we're going down south, obviously, it depends on the, the spring season we have. Um, a lot of these teams are getting to play <laughs> all year long. Oh, yeah. So when we go down there, I mean, if we haven't put, if there's snow on the ground since mid-April, I mean, we're hitting inside, not seeing any ball flights, just kind of feeling it out, and then we get down there, and um, it's not on the greatest condition sometimes, and then you gotta, you're gotta, you not hitting it your best, you haven't been outside, so there's a lot of things that go into it, but I think the guys go down there knowing that they can compete, um, and usually they find their game pretty quick if they don't already have it. Sure. Coach, who are your five players playing at Nationals this weekend? Um, we have two seniors, Matt Mellon and... Uh, Jack Ritchie. Jack Ritchie. I went to Thank high school you. with Jack Ritchie. Oh, you did? <laughs> I did. Green Bay. Yep. <laughs> um, we have one junior, Emmett Herb, and two sophomores in Miles McCarthy and Peter Larson. Um, those are the ones that are going to represent us. And uh, that process of determining that each year gets tougher and tougher, and this year was no different. Sure. sure. Um, can you describe the course that you guys are playing at? Like, is it a... Uh, do you know what do you know about it? Is it an easier course or is it a more difficult one? Well, it's uh, we had the opportunity to play in the NCAA preview mid September last year. We were invited. Sure. We elected to go to that, so we took five players. Four of those five are returning. That course happens to be the site of uh, a PGA National event, and uh, it, it's uh, the tournament is called the Balthasar or Barbersall. Barbersall Open. So when the British Open is being played uh, in Europe, there's also another PGA event. So this golf course is laid out as a challenge. Yeah. There's no doubt an awful lot of water. When we played in September, the course conditions were oh, fair, maybe at best. Uh, they had some damage from the the stands to uh, for the spectators and things like that, and the grass hadn't filled in and all that kind of stuff. But we fully expect a different golf course, one with an awful lot of grass and yep. uh, a, a challenge that way. Matt, unfortunately, was uh, not one of those players that made it, but I think he's heard enough about it from some of the uh, other guys. So having that experience on that golf course is really helpful. Sure. 
yeah, being able to play there is probably that's would be a huge advantage I'd yeah. say, especially guys who are coming back and they know what holes they struggled at the first time around. They'll have better mm-hmm. idea when they go. Um, so, what are some familiar opponents on the forty-two team national field that we're looking at? Yeah, um, I'd say the biggest one that we know of is uh, St. John's. Yeah, I believe one other one around here got in as well. Um, but then it gets onto the national stage and. Um, it's very selective. We haven't. I've played in a few um, national tournaments, um, but it's just the teams always change. One of the big ones is Claremont Mudscrip, mm-hmm. uh, Redlands College out in California, um, and then there's a lot of ones down in Florida that are uh, Barry College. I can't mm-hmm. recall all yeah. the other ones. There's um, uh, a number of Methodist is uh, the returning champions, and they didn't even win their conference this year to receive the automatic qualifier. Sure. So they received one of the at-large, and Matt mentioned St. John's, and they received one of the at-large uh, uh, bids. But there's Oglethorpe, Transylvania, St. John's, Fisher, Methodist. Emory is probably um, the number one team yeah. in the nation. Yeah. And uh, John, uh, their coach down there, does a great job um, with his kids, and they are playing very well. And they, they will be a formidable opponent. Huntington is a very, very solid relatively local is Illinois Wesleyan and they have a very solid team too. Yeah. They they have a pretty good program in all program. sports. I that we're always playing them in some kind of uh yes. some some kind of sport. Mm-hmm. Matt, how do you think the tournaments this spring, the St. John invite, the Gustavus invite, how do you think those have prepared the team for a national tournament? Yeah, I'd say the biggest thing um for these spring tournaments is just the weather conditions that we play in up here. Um the guys have to hit so many different shots compared to when they go down there typically. Um, I don't know what the weather will be like down there. If it's not good, then it benefits us. Um, even if it's good, it's still fine. But I'd for sure say that the tournaments this spring and the weather that we play in, the course conditions we play in, I mean, we see the worst of the worst. So hopefully it's not excellent down there because that, <laughs> gives, that gives us uh, – a lot more of an advantage. Yeah. I think it's the first time I've ever heard someone say, hopefully it's not nice when we go golfing today. I mean, I hope it's <laughs> nice, but like when I played uh, my freshman year and one of the tournaments was, it was like down in Florida and it was a 10 mile an hour wind. <laughs> and I mean, all these Southern schools don't, yeah. don't see wind. They were in a panic. And, and yeah. so, I mean, their games just went downhill quick. And um, it was, that was probably the first time we actually realized how much a little change of conditions can help a northern team like us. Yeah. What would you say is your absolute favorite course you've ever played on? Do you have one? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> we get pretty lucky with uh, the spring break trips that we go on. Um, California, th- right? Yeah, this year was Palm Springs. Um, I'd say Stone Eagle in Palm Springs this year was probably the coolest course I've played on, and I don't know if there'll be one that <laughs> beats it. Um, it sits up in the mountains, and it over it's actually the highest course in Palm Springs. And it overlooks the whole valley, and there's no houses on it. And it's just, I don't know how many balls I lost, but boy, did we have a good time doing it. One. Coach, do you have one favorite course? Well, that, that is uh, that probably one. the best one. We've mm-hmm. played uh, Big Sky, I think it uh, was called, Big or Horn. Big Horn uh, up there, too. And uh, uh, they get a uh, great opportunity. Our, our assistant coach, Jim Deutsch, is a PGA professional, and he seems to know everybody anywhere we go. <laughs> it is uh, common knowledge, and he's able to assist us uh, greatly getting on courses. Matt, I think you should maybe mention a couple local ones that you have uh, played. I know 
you really <laughs> went out of your way to clear your schedule last year or the year before. I can't remember. At yeah, no, I, I kept telling the coaches I want to play all the courses I haven't played, uh-huh. uh, the private ones in the city. And so we got on to Minicata, which is on <laughs> Calhoun, and that was pretty cool. <laughs> and then we played one in uh, on Minnetonka. I forget when, what, what that was called. Nine the Lafayette. Forest, Lafayette Club. Um, that was pretty fun. But, I mean, Golden Valley is always a good track. Yeah. Uh, Windsong. There's a lot of good courses that we get on around here with through the coaches. It's mm-hmm. good. So um, I live, like, 20 minutes from uh, door-to-door to Aaron Hills, where they played the U.S. Open a couple years ago. That's probably my favorite course I've ever played on. Really was not successful, but it was it was a really good time. <laughs> I don't golf, so I don't oh, there think you go. I have one. I used to work at a golf course, but. Yeah. I used to, I played um, Whistling Straits before, too. That was fun. Yeah, those are different types of golf courses. Oh, yeah. I mean, those are just stuff that no match. It's just kind of a number of our players have uh, – we always have a number of players from the Wisconsin. Yeah. And uh, they get an awful lot of chances to play those types of courses. And uh, uh, it's nice to hear them explain and be challenged on a golf golf courses like that. And uh, we have a couple more recruits coming from – Wisconsin again uh, next year, and their stories are the same. (laughs) Yeah, always. Coach, it's the sixth time in eight years that USC will send a golf team to the NCAA tournament. Mm -hmm. Um, What is something that you instill in your players every year that helps perpetuate the success? I don't know, Matt. What do I? What do we do? What does Coach do well? (laughs) Um, I think it's just our team usually meshes really well. Um, The guys we bring in always fit in. And when we go out and play golf, I mean, we have a good time. I mean, we're just out there having fun playing golf. Um, and then that kind of just trickles into um, off-the-course success, hanging out, becoming better friends, better teammates. Um, and all in all, I think that just leads to a, a good team atmosphere and usually good scores. Mm-hmm. That uh, We learned uh, uh, probably four years ago uh, uh, a, a an interesting fact, and that was Matt. Matt's correct. The cohesiveness of the team is solid. The guys that come in are they get along with one another. But I think we better defined our success and found when the team plays its best is when they actually are really having fun. Yeah. A lot of people say that, but to create try to create that atmosphere might even be something as simple as what's the song in your head today. Sure. I mean, it might be a, something as simple as that. We The guys practice hard. Um, we try to do a lot of our coaching beforehand and then get them motivated and ready to go. And then when it's ready to tee off and play and compete, it's like, wait a minute, settle down. You know, it's not like football. It's not like hockey. It's not like basketball where you run faster, you jump higher, and you go hit somebody. It's like, no, you have to calm down. So we have found when they relax and have fun, um, they play their best. Yeah, and golf is such a mental sport in that sense where um, you have to be in the right right mind frame, uh, mindset Mm -hmm. to be able to be successful. Mm -hmm. So that makes sense that being – happy or having fun out there would be would be uh mm-hmm. would make good play make make for good play um how do you transition from like leisurely playing golf to playing it competitively because obviously there's it's got to be two different styles of preparation um how does that and how does preparing to play competitively sure. 
what does that entail? Well, uh, I'll, I'll start off, and I know Matt will uh, add to this, but uh, our practice sessions over the years have gotten better and more focused on um, competition drills, okay. you know, uh, d- drills that have consequences, trying to simulate as best we can what actually happens during uh, competition. So an example might be you have to make certain length putts, maybe five in a row. Otherwise, you just start all over. Yeah. It forces you to keep on going. Otherwise, you start all over. So some guys could still be there. Yeah. It, it takes them a while. But uh, I think that's one thing that we have done. Yeah, and I think it's kind of – we have a good time with it out on the course. Like when we're out there practicing, normally both coaches are out there. And um, they make us finish every putt. I mean, it sounds <laughs> it sounds funny. But, yeah. like, you'll just – you just walk up to one. It's like two inches and – you just want to pick it up. Well, if you, you know, if you pick it up and someone's around, they, they come over and they give you a hard time. And so, I mean, out on the course, they, we try to take it as uh, realistic or tournament-like as we can. Sure. Um, but you still got to have fun out there as well. Yeah. And then uh, who is your favorite golfer of all time? This is a question for everyone. Oh, that's easy. Tiger Woods. Yeah, that's what I expected. Tiger Woods or Jordan Spieth. Okay. Jack Nicklaus. Jack Nicklaus. Yeah, I'm gonna have to go Tiger Woods. Um, that's pretty common answer, but that's just kind of what we grew up on, I guess. Yeah, and it was exactly. cool seeing him yesterday get the presidential medal. Yeah, for, you know, yeah, yeah that, yeah, that was neat. Um, also, I'm a fan of Bernhard Langer because he's just the old guy who's still sticking around playing golf. I like that. <laughs> still competing at the Masters at the age of 60. Well, he's in better shape than most uh, PGA guys. Yeah, too. I admire that a lot. Um, so now we're gonna ask a producer question. Who we ask? Uh, we asked this question for everyone, so. All right, we're going to switch gears here to football real quick. Um, <laughs> um, is Tom Brady the greatest quarterback of all time? Oh, my goodness. Um, I would say yes. With all the championships that he has won, yeah. he is. I mean, there's some other names that are coming to my mind, uh, Joe Namath and Joe Montana and uh, Aaron Rodgers and some of those, but uh it's hard to beat that uh, success, uh, you know, the number of rings that he has sure. already. It's pretty, pretty solid. <laughs> yeah. And I'm old school, too, so I I could come up with some other quarterbacks. But the, the game has changed so much. Tom Brady, yeah. Yeah, I'd say Tom Brady as well. Um, I'm not a big – I don't follow football that much, but I follow it enough. Um, and I'd say I think it was last season when he, or two seasons ago when he led that comeback. Yep. Uh, <laughs> 27-3 or something like that. I'd say that pretty uh, cemented him down as possibly the best ever. Yeah, yeah this, that's not the first time that I've said that multiple times in the podcast that that's what cemented it for me. Just to be able to come back from that deficit was unbeatable, I think. Yep. Now we're exactly. five for five with yeah. episodes. Everyone's saying, yes, Tom Brady's the GOAT. Oh, yep. yes. <laughs> it's just pretty consensus at this point. Yep. Yeah, I think so. All right, All right so I think that's going to be it. Thank you for joining us, guys. Thanks Good luck at Nationals. Yep, good luck. Thank you. That was really great talking to men's golf. I'm excited for them to go to nationals. They leave Saturday, so. Yeah, that's going to be excited. fun for them. Hopefully uh, their tips, I can get a couple of strokes off my game. Yeah, exactly. I could use that too, but yeah. then again, I don't really golf, so. All right, so now we're going to move into some national news. And as we've said earlier in the, in the show, um, 
we are two weeks behind, so we have a lot to cover. A lot of ground, a lot, a lot of, of ground to make cover. up. Um, we're gonna start with the NFL draft. Alex's favorite topic. Yeah, uh, good time. Um, it was held in Nashville, Tennessee. Did you see the pictures? Of I did. That Thursday of all those people. I know that, that was that was ridiculous. That was cool. There's people lining the streets all the way back from as long. There's that main street in Nashville. I'm not sure what it's called, but there's all yep. the bars there and. The country bars and Dirk Bentley's got a bar and everyone's <laughs> got a bar there. All those country singers and you could not see like the street. It was just people for miles. It was pretty cool. Um, I've heard Nashville is a really fun place to be. I've never been. I need to go. I need to go too. I think. Okay. Um, <laughs> Let's especially go. since I like country music. That would. Uh, <laughs> but did you see that thing where like a girl was trying to have her bachelorette party in Nashville the night I, of the draft? I did not see that, but a yeah. lot of people do have their bachelorette parties there. Yeah, so, so that so there's a video of, I can of like, of, like was... her being really upset that she was uh, they weren't able to have their bachelorette party because there's like tens thousands of people oh, lining the streets watching the NFL draft. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, kind of sad, but I thought it was really funny. That is sad, but she should have planned around that maybe. Right? Shouldn't she know? NFL, NFL draft. draft's Come kind on. of a big deal. Gosh, that's poor planning. <laughs> it was really funny. That was some. I'll have to make sure when I plan my bachelor party that don't that's do the same. Not going to be in Nashville or wherever the NFL draft yeah. is. You couldn't even like get into the bars because really? they're like I think they I think I'm not sure if they closed them down or what, but you oh couldn't like gosh. get in, into them because there's so many people. <laughs> um, so, the Cardinals had the first overall pick and they picked Kyler Murray, um, which was expected. Once again, this is two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, the Cardinals had brought in Cliff Kingsbury, who was the head coach at Texas Tech. Actually, got fired. Then the Cardinals hired him. He's kind of like a like an offensive like mastermind, some would say. Okay. Um, so people expected him to pick his quarterback, the guy he wanted, which was Kyler Murray. Um, Cliff K- Kingsbury was heard saying. Um, during an interview leading up to their Texas Tech game versus Oklahoma, that he would take Kyler Murray number one overall if he had the chance when he was still coaching Texas Tech. So it's funny now that they're here. He is in the NFL. Mm-hmm. He does have the first overall pick, and he picked Kyler Murray. That's the problem cool. with that, though, was that they had Josh Rosen, who they picked 10th overall the year prior. So it's kind of a dilemma where they had Rosen still there, didn't have a great rookie year, but still, you know, his rookie year, so you have to give him a chance. Tenth overall pick, and now they're bringing Kyler Murray. And so they're kind of at this crossroads what to do with Josh Rosen. They ended up tra- trading him to the Dolphins, I think, for a second-round pick, which is a good deal for the Dolphins. Since yeah, they're, like, they're getting, good. like, a tenth overall pick for <laughs> a second-rounder. So he's in the, he's at the Dolphins now. And um, yeah, that was once again that was expected. Um, and the Dolphins were always kind of a rumored name to take Rosen once they uh, they um, traded for him. But that wasn't really the big news. The big news of the draft was um, the Giants at number six picked Daniel Jones out of Duke. And this there's a lot of controversy sur- surrounding this topic. I don't know anything about that. Um, well, let me tell you. Okay. So Daniel Jones, uh, he's six five, two hundred twenty pounds. So he's a tall guy, big size. Big guy. Um, in his senior year at Duke, he had 22 touchdowns, nine interceptions, 267, 2,674 yards. So, wow. okay, not great. And it, people didn't ex- really expect um, Daniel Jones to go this early. Uh, but there's always this idea that he might because his head coach at Duke, David Cutcliffe, was Peyton Manning's coach at Tennessee, I think. Really? 
and Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's the quarterback of the Giants. So there's this connection there that mm-hmm. they thought maybe they would pick him because of this connection. But it's still kind of a reach because a lot of people, a lot of experts didn't have him ranked nearly this high. Um, apparently he's a really smart guy. Obviously he went to Duke. Yeah, uh, for sure. But a lot of people expected Giants to take Dwayne Haskins from Ohio State, who was like consensusly pretty consensusly. Obviously the Giants didn't think so. The number two quarterback in this draft uh, behind Kyle Murray. So the Giants are kind of having a tough go at it, especially in the um, in the social media realm. Their GM. Uh, David Gettleman's being just absolutely torn into because they just traded Odell Beckham Jr. away. I saw that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now that not only do they trade like the biggest star, probably internationally in the NFL, it's probably Odell. <laughs> yeah. People I'm, love him. Yeah. Everyone loves him. I like watching him dance. His yeah. celebrations are pretty fun. Yeah. And he's a character. Yeah. In that Where one he's not time, a personality to football. Yeah. That one time he proposed to a to a, <laughs> a kicking net because he knocked it over. So yep. that was funny. Yeah. Yeah. But he's an absolute character, and um, they traded him away. So Giants fans are already mad about that. But now they bring in this guy who wasn't supposed to go where he went, and now it's just there's some chaos going in. I don't even think their GM knows what's going on, really. It doesn't seem like it. Um, well, the Vikings, they had the number 18 overall pick for the local people. Um, they picked Garrett Bradbury, who's the center from NC State. Um, and they also picked Irv Smith Jr., who's in the second round, who's a Titan from Alabama. So uh, – um, so they had some, uh, it was a good draft, I'd say. They, they really needed to address the offensive line, or offense in general, and they did. So, um, yeah, Garrett Bradbury, Irv Smith Jr., I'm happy with the draft. Um, I'm glad. Yeah. I, to be honest, I didn't watch it, but no, I, mean, I, I paid attention to some of it on Twitter. Yeah, it's fun. Like, I love the NFL draft. There's a lot of, a lot of stuff we could talk about, but, you know, we got some more stuff to talk to about. keep moving on. The Kentucky Derby. Did you yes. watch any of that? Yes. Did you? I did. Did you go to the Canterbury Derby? I was there. St. Thomas Canterbury. Yes, I <laughs> yep. was there. That was fun. It was a really fun time. Um, were you? I was. I you would. There. I would love to go to the actual Kentucky Derby. That'd yeah, be so fun. Yeah. One day. One, one day. day we'll go. Um, the poor man's version is Canterbury. Canterbury, exactly. Yeah. But were that was you... still a good time. Yeah. Oh, great. I only saw one horse race the whole time I was there. Oh, I was outside. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't bet any horses. Neither um, did but I. My friends did, so it was fun to. Yeah, I heard a lot of people lost money. Yeah. Well, I mean, when you're betting on blindly on horses you've never seen race before, that's kind of what it is. Did at you see Canterbury. that the like purse, the horse that was supposed to, that was supposed to win the Canterbury Derby got disqualified? Did you see that? Really? Yeah, it got disqualified because um, it was maximum security was the name of it. Oh, you're talking about the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, the Kentucky, actual Kentucky, the Kentucky yeah. Derby. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Yeah, yeah, I was watching it. You saw that? Okay, yeah. Good. So maximum security got disqualified. Um, they're in the appeal process now mm-hmm. uh, to try to get some like the horse board racing of America, whatever yep. it is, to try to get him to win. But it's not going to happen. He lost. Yeah. And so what happened was he was kind of drifting in other people's lanes. And mm-hmm. what you're supposed to do is the jockeys keep your store, your horse keep straight, straight yep. and not have to um, go side to side. Because what happened, almost happened, was a what could have happened, I guess, was a big pile up where horses were getting hurt, uh, yeah. jockeys are getting hurt, and could have resulted it's a, in death. It's yeah, dangerous. It is dangerous. I can see why that was a problem. But. And and I I think I agree with the call. Like you, I mean, if that's what's happening, the only thing though is that the the track was so muddy mm-hmm. and there's so much rain yep. that like, well, how can you keep the horse straight? I'm pretty sure that's what maximum security people are arguing. Yeah. Um, so he got DQ'd, and then they the runner up runner won. up was Country House. 
Good for Country House. 65 to 1 underdog. Oh, wow. Uh, so if you bet $2 on Country House, uh-huh. you would pay out $132.40. Oh, my gosh. So some people, I saw some Twitter reactions on videos, wow. were very happy about that. That is so cool. Um, but he will not, that horse Country House will not uh, compete at the Preakness Stakes. Oh. Um, which is like the second leg of the Triple Crown. Yep. So like Justify won the Triple Crown um, mm-hmm. a couple years back. He will not compete there. It's the first time in 23 years that a horse isn't going to come. The Kentucky Derby winning horse isn't going to compete at the Preakness States Stakes. Oh my gosh! And the, the news just came out right before we started recording, so I'm not sure the reason. Yep. But we'll figure that out. Yeah, I love the Derby. That's it's, it's cool. It's so such an fun. interesting thing. It's so fun. Like betting money on horses. Yeah. That and have... all these people like wearing these extravagant outfits and whatnot. That was that was a fun time. Yeah. Wearing wearing cool stuff. Uh huh. Um, something random that I thought was really cool was that the Minnesota Lynx um, WNBA team here, they hired their first female play-by-play announcer, Sloan Martin. And, and she, she, was she did the, uh, hockey, the tournament. hockey tournament, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's kind of a big deal because she originally covered the Lynx as a beat writer back, I think it was last year, and now she's going to be their yeah. main play-by-play So she's announcer. pretty much an expert at this point if you're covering for mm-hmm. the team. Um, for The Athletic, which is a really good – I subscribe to The Athletic, a really good um, sports – page kind mm-hmm. of but online yeah um subscription so um that's good that's it's cool just a big her. deal because she's the first female sure I think. sure they've never had that so it's cool for a women's basketball team to have a women play-by-play announcer yeah totally and then i'm going to touch on just a couple nba things um so the warriors and rockets are tied 2-2 uh going back into the bay area and everyone pretty much pronounced the rockets dead in this um East, or, uh, sorry, Western Conference semifinal. Mm-hmm. Um, Warriors were up 2-0. looked like the Rockets were all but dead. Uh, but they weren't, and the Rockets won two back in Houston. And now it's uh, everyone's favorite team to cheer against. The Warriors are in trouble, so that's fun. Um, but I think that Kevin Durant's probably the best player in the world right now, and that's just yep. because LeBron didn't play this year, mm-hmm. so you can't really tell how he would have played. But Kevin Durant is... He's taking over the league at this point. Um, and uh, one more thing is that our Bucks they're winning 3-1 right now yes. versus Celtics. So bring I have a cha- to get to a Bucks game one of yes. these days. Have you been to the Pfizer Forum yet? Not yet. I did. Really nice. Is it? Um, so hopefully our Bucks can pull it off, bring a championship back to Milwaukee. That'd be kind of cool. Yeah. We could go home to Milwaukee and celebrate. celebrate yeah, oh, that'd sure. be awesome. But, yeah, the Bucks are up 3-1. Kyrie Irving's really struggling. Um, one interesting stat: He's nine for sixty-two over his last three games, thirty-one percent. So, wow. go Bucks, go Milwaukee. <laughs> All right, so I think that's gonna do it for our show today. Yeah. Wow, we covered a lot. Yeah, a lot. We had two weeks, so we had to. Yep. We'll be back next week with another uh-huh. show, our final show of the semester. We're bringing on uh, St. Thomas women's head coach Ruth Sin for next week. For next week, are we? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> Okay, sounds good to me, Alex. (laughs) Do it. All right, thanks everyone for joining us on today's show. For Alex Panos and Althea Larson, I'm Carly Noble. Do you have any questions about your faith? Or are you looking for fellowship with other Christians? If so, check out Crew in OEC Auditorium on Wednesdays at 9 p.m. Also, if you have any questions about the Bible, we hope you can join one of our freshman, sophomore, or upperclassmen Bible studies, which meet at various times throughout the week. To learn more, reach out to us at our Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at, at @TommyCrew. Crew.